0: Moncrief on News Talk.
1: Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again.
0: 53106 is our text number, that'll cost you 30 cents. You are listening to The Moncrief Show on News Talk. It is indeed uh, time for parenting. Joanna Fortune joins us uh, once again, afternoon. Joanna. Afternoon, Sean. I'm writing this shocked. My son, 14 years old, snuck out of the house last week around midnight. He was caught. He made up some silly story of what he was doing. He is really defensive and a bit cocky, to be honest. No remorse or sorry, just making up lie after lie. He is grounded and we took his phone to try and get some insight into what he's doing. We have uncovered some shocking stuff. He and his mates are taking weed. I'm not too sure about pills, picking mushrooms and talking about making money from drugs. He started mixing with a different crowd in school and rather than stay in and play video games, he always wants to be out with them. I don't know how to tackle this. Firstly, do I stop him from meeting his friends, contact the other parents, all of which I want to do, but will that be enough? I feel sick to my stomach. We live in a nice suburban part of Dublin, never saw this coming, and I'm scared that he is mixing with the wrong friends and going down the wrong road. What do I do in the short, medium and long term?
1: I mean, I could be here all day, you know, but there's the one thing that jumps out, Sean, with this is the word shocked, shocking. It's this is apparent, understandably, but in shock. Mm. And when you're in that state of shock, it is not the time to respond to his behaviour because you'll go into reaction mode. You'll be saying you're never leaving the house. You're never getting your phone back. This is it. And you'll go to all of the extremes. And then when you've had time to process what's going on, you'll be like, "Mm, maybe I went too far. You're better off off actually saying how you're feeling and saying this is shocking, I am shocked and I don't want to react to you in a state of shock. So I need time or we need time to think this through and we're going to be sitting down with you in a couple of days or whenever we feel ready to talk this through with you. So you're marking his card but you're not getting pulled into that very emotive responsive because it's never any of us at our best, let's be honest. And Mm. it's not you look back and you go, gosh, I wish I'd done it differently. And if you have reacted like that and you're listening going, well, John, I'm sorry about that happened last night. Okay, you can go back and do it again and there's another couple of things. First of all, he snuck out of the house at midnight. That's kind of number one. Yeah. By virtue of him doing that, you got access to his phone. I'm thinking of, you know, all the talk recently about contracts for use of phone and all of this and mm-hmm. with the best will in the world there's only so much once you ha- your child has a phone, there's only so much control you do have over what's going on yeah. on it. But now you've uncovered layers of things actually on there and layers of illegal things that does need to be said on his phone. You know, these are 14 year olds engaged in drug taking of some kind. There's some you're certain of, some you're not so certain of. And then there's talk about making money from drugs. So that's bringing it again into a new level. And there are legal implications that he does need to be aware of and certainly that you need to be aware of. So when you think about how you're going to tackle it, just as there are layers to what's going on, there's layers to your response. So can you stop him from meeting his friends? I mean, I think you could say that I don't think you're going to enforce that. He's already shown you he's sneaking out of your house at Mm -hmm. midnight. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, if that's what you're going to do, manage your expectations about its effectiveness. Because these are friends in school, certainly based on how I'm reading this. I'm wondering are they and I mean this is a new crowd or a different crowd whatever that means but if you do know the parents of these other kids I do think you have a duty to talk with those parents about what you've uncovered because of the legal implications. Yes. So and certainly if that was my child and I would want you to even if you don't know me well I'd want you to contact me and let me know. What I do with what you tell me is beyond your control but I would want you to let me know. So I think you do need to do that. I mean ideally Sean you would have a group of parents who get on the same page pretty much and there's a collective response to this group of kids and it's all come down hard on them. Boundaries, limits you've broken trust, you have to earn it back but we can't predict how every parent is going to answer. So ultimately this is your responsibility because Mm. out of this group, your son is your responsibility. Now Pushing boundaries, testing limits, experimenting with new tastes, new friends, all of that stuff is to be expected at this age. But what he's doing is definitely at what I would call the over and above level. There's a whole lot of boundary pushing he could be doing. He's doing very particular boundary pushing. Also bear in mind the adolescent brain and his peak age for this, this kind of 13 to 15 year old age. The part of the brain developing very quickly is that impulsive, thrill-seeking, reward-oriented part of the brain. Do it, do it, do it. And the bit that's going, you know, way up the pros and cons and the potential repercussions, that's not developing at the moment Mm -hmm. for him. So in lots of ways, while his behaviour is highly problematic and I don't want to minimise it, It's also quite normal for his age to be engaged in boundary pushing behaviour. At that
0: age, are they literally incapable of thinking something through?
1: Well, it's not that they're incapable. It's that they're more prone to impulsive actions, impulsive thoughts. And often that hitting the brake light and going, whoa, there now, comes after the event. Mm. And so when you end up saying to them, as I'm sure these parents have, what are you doing? What were you thinking? And the answer is a vague, I don't know. That's actually the truth. Yeah. You know, it's not that they're withholding some insight from you. They don't have it. I do think you need to sit with him when you're in a place. I won't say calm because I'm not sure you're going to return to a place of calm in this, but calm enough to have a conversation that you share. You share with him your shock, your disappointment. Tell him that the trust is broken in the relationship right now, but you want to to be able to repair it with him but that trust is going to have to be a two-way piece that he's going to have to work with you on this and it's going to take time and that might mean yes you can see your friends but you will be driven there and you will be picked up and we will be seeing where you are, who you're with, we will be checking your phone on regular intervals which I'm never a fan of with 14 year olds by the way because Mm. I do think a degree of privacy is important at that age developmentally but again it's about saying the reason we're checking is specifically because of these messages and when we're not seeing stuff that worries us, we've no desire to be checking your phone.
0: Yeah. It's a different crowd at school, though. I they, know. Can they restrict that contact you, at that's school? The, that's exactly the problem, the Sean.
1: You can't. Yeah. And I mean, they can't even restrict it at home because he's shown them he's mm-hmm. leaving the house at midnight or trying yeah, to. It, it kind know. of
0: sounds like. Because it sounds like it's a recent development, but you know, he's, 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 you know, he's in with this gang and they're smoking weed and they think they're total badasses. All and completely. it's all kind of almost a cultural thing he's going through uh, uh, without really thinking of the ramifications of anything.
1: Oh no, this is exactly it. I mean, it may be that you sit down with 14-year-olds and you say, "Are you aware?" Are you aware? and they're looking at you like, "You're you're overreacting." Because mm, the truth yeah. is, they're not aware. They're not thinking through those consequences. Now, you'll have time stamps on the messages they're sending. If those messages are being sent during school hours, there are hard grounds to involve the school. Yeah. Um if these kinds of actions or discussions are happening there. Otherwise, I'm just playing devil's advocate. The school may be saying, this is a happening outside of school and this is actually a parental issue. Yeah. And maybe the answer is a bit of both. That if you are concerned about who he's mixing with and how his behaviour is changing. Again, though, Sean, I'm never a fan of saying it's these other kids' fault that my child's doing that. Your child's mm. in the group, yeah. is an active yeah. participant in the group. But it may be worth talking to um, a year head or somebody that would know him. And you're really speaking about him and saying, Is there anything that you've noticed that we should also be worried about or concerned about? Because we are concerned about who he's hanging out with and associated behaviours. You don't have to get into it any more than that. But you could ask, is there anything of concern coming up? Because the other thing here is this is a kid who's gone from staying in, doing video, playing video games to going out. I would have liked to have seen a little bit more in his life than If my option is stay in and play video games or go out with this group who are exciting and thrill seeking and there's a lot going on, you know, is there anything else going on in his life?
0: Yeah, you know that, from, the, from the parents point of view now that's what you'd oh, rather that, you'd know what they are yeah. games, yeah. Yeah, no, I, <laughs> I totally used to worry about it. that but no not <laughs> I anymore I totally get <laughs> it
1: but I do think you know first of all talk with each other and really kind of get to some kind of a baseline so that you can respond but absolutely the trust is broken here and mm. you boundaries and limits are not just tokenistic words what they look and sound like in your family will be different in all of our families will be yeah. different but you are there. there is a, a fallout and you know Grounded and losing your phone is probably entry level parental Mm. restrictions.
0: Yeah. It may be
1: how when he's because you can't keep him grounded (laughs) forever. When he's leaving your house, what degree of freedom and the whole, you know, look, we have to know where you are because we cannot currently trust where you are and who you're with and what you're doing. So we're going to be dropping you and picking you up. Yes, you hate it. But you know what? Show us we don't need to do it and we'll be able to back off.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That was me 20 years ago, says the texter. I Mm. got the drugs detective to have a talk with my child. Hard work. But we got there.
1: Yeah, and that's that's not uh, a bad idea. Community guard can be really, really helpful. And this isn't about, you know, getting a guard in to scare your child Mm. or terrify them. But actually just to sit and say, this is the reality. This is the, the real ramifications of your behaviour in case you're not aware of it. And it coming from someone other than parents, because he's at an age where the eye rolling and the you haven't a clue. And mm. of course, you'd say that may be the default response. So that's not a bad idea.
0: Recently, my family and I were involved in a very minor car accident where we were pulling up at a red light when the car behind us hit us. I screamed at the shock, but it really was only a tip. It was just so sudden and unexpected. Thankfully, no one was hurt, but I think my five-year-old has been traumatised by the event. Since then, she has a complete meltdown every time we try to put her in the car. She gets so irate that on some occasions I've had to pull over to make sure she's not having a fit. It's so distressing to witness but unfortunately we've had no choice but to put her in the car despite our protests as we live in a rural area and it's the only way of transporting her to and from childcare. I feel lawful that I'm probably adding to her trauma by making her get get in the car but I don't know what else to do. What would you
1: recommend? Oh, There's no real easy Mm. answer to this because car accidents can be especially traumatic for children, even though they may not have been injured and they may fall into what we'd consider a minor tip. For a child, it can be actually very traumatic because it's the sensory shock and the embodiment of that trauma that you're dealing with here because the loud noise is the metal on metal contact, the sudden physical body jolt of even Mm. a tip, you know, being surged forward and back, your scream, all of that combined is a huge sensory shock for a five year old. And what five year olds, what any of us, by the way, but children can do is they hold on to that at an embodied level. So when you're putting her in the car and you're probably saying all the right things and approaching it in all the right way, her body is actually holding the trauma and the shock. Her body is cueing her that it's not safe to be in the car. I think one of the things you could do is provide a narrative because one of the ways we take something that we're holding at that embodied or deep down unconscious implicit level is that we interweave it with a story Mm -hmm. and that brings it to conscious awareness. So if you say you're feeling scared about getting into the car because on this day we had a little bump in the car and yeah. you're saying it was a little bump and when that bump happened i shouted you were pushed forward you you name narrate and name what happened for her. And then you want to go and we had the car checked out and the car is safe and we are always safe on the road. And, you know, and you reinforce that piece of it. You're also going to have to allow some time to talk about it. But boundary the ruminating. When we say, you know, talk about these issues and challenges, don't let it go on and on and on and on and on. Just say, I think we're going to pause it for today and we can go back to it tomorrow so that it doesn't go on so that she doesn't get caught up in a cycle of ruminating play 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 small world play you know where you could you know the little characters um, dolls housey things or little dinos have them play out on the floor and what you could do is play out the beginning of a story and then pause and say to her you tell me what happens next and she Mm. plays out whatever she's holding on to and on it can give you deeper insight but you can also just play out with her safe car journeys just play it all out so that what you're trying to do is get her to take it out of herself and really release it, let it go. Um, you could draw it out, you could colour it. I don't mean draw out the accident, just draw out her feelings and yeah. colour that. A lot of sensory play to get her out of her head and get help move those things around her body. And I would say to this parent as well, Sean, take care of yourself. You know, because you were also here and it's very distressing. You know, when you're anticipating your child screaming in the car and being so distressed, we also hold on Mm. to that. So mind yourself and do try to get back to typical routines about the car and normalize it as you have to because of, you know, geographical location and no other option. But also expect that this is hard and normalize that by naming it for a good. I know it's hard and we're going to be so brave. The journey we're going to take will take three songs or four songs, whatever it is. I don't. Yeah. Wherever you live, <laughs> and have a little playlist. And when we're at the end of those songs, so the focus then in the car is on the songs that are playing. Just try something like that because that music is quite regulating mm. um, in those times of distress. Yeah,
0: the poor little thing. Uh, Ruth says, going back to the uh, the previous fourteen year old, uh, the mother should educate herself about drugs before she speaks to him to say he is taking cannabis is just going to be laughed at. She should know what she is talking about before she approaches him. Well he's probably gonna scoff at her no matter oh, what she's doing. Absolutely. She says. I mean
1: it's always good to be informed about yeah, those things. Absolutely. But, yeah.
0: Uh, that my little boy who is approaching his second birthday is completely man obsessed but has an indifference to women and I can't work out why. The only women he doesn't show complete apathy towards is me. He absolutely loves my brother and his two granddads but shouts no or go when he sees <laughs> my mother, sisters or any of my friends. I can't quite figure it out. He'll give them a cuddle or a smile if they give him chocolate or bribe (laughs) him with something else. But he doesn't offer up his love as freely as he does with the men in his life. Is there any explanation for this?
1: Yeah, kids. (laughs) You you know, this is so... And preferential treatment doesn't mean that they have less love for the others in their lives, by the way. Children go through phases of this. And, you know, we've been asked before about a, a, a child children similar to this age leaning more into one parent over another at various mm, times. Yeah. And one of the questions I'd always have, Sean, is who does he see more? You know, who's the... his primary caregiver at home. Yeah. Who is, who's providing primary care for him and who's what I'm asking is whose presence is certain versus more uncertain because sometimes our children will, in this instance, I'm going to use dad as an example. If dad, um, if one of you is at home more than the other, the one who is not your child might latch on to more when they're there.
0: Yeah. You know, yeah. versus
1: Ash, look, at I know you'll be there. I don't really need to bother with you. Also, we can have at this age the type of physicality, the tone of voice, the type of play, you know, if you know, I'm going to use some stereotypes here. So, you know, if somebody grabs him physically and throws him up or rough and tumbles or rolls around, that might be quite exciting at this age. And you yeah. might be going, yeah, I love that. That's me. Mm. So some of it is around identification and association and familiarity. We get all of that. But what I'd say to you is join he and his dad or his uncles his granddad whoever it is at play just join in even for a few minutes insert yourself into the play so that he's also saying well you know I can play and hang out in the same way with anyone yes it, you know so you're normalizing it that way don't show hurt feelings to ch- like sometimes as parents or adults in children's lives we do this whole kind of modeling you know oh poor me and yes. if you know, don't <laughs> do that because he's just kind of go yeah. Yeah, poor I poor don't you, care. but I yeah. don't... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and invite him into a game that you've seen him doing with the males in his life when they're not there. OK. Just, you know, initiate, let's play this game and do it that way. But do you know what? Don't worry about this. This is quite normal and it's it's really a phase.
0: Yeah. It might be hard for Granny to get down and roll, roll on the floor with them No judgment, thing, Sean. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you never know. Yeah,
1: we never know. I, 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 but at uh, uh, two...
0: He knows he's a boy, does he? Children do show
1: gender awareness and awareness of gender difference even at that young age. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely they do. Um, And, you know, it can be just, you know, I had really good fun playing with so-and-so in this way and I've latched on to that. And equally, children will move through waves of this. You know, give that six months, give it a year and it could be... You know the other way you're writing yeah. in the letter, going, "Oh, it's flipped the other way now." That's quite normal as they're learning a sense of self, and they're discovering themselves in relation to others. That actually we're separate beings in the one world. Mm. That's that's a whole process for small children to go through and discover. So I I think this would fall in the realm of quite typical toddler development.
0: Joanna, thanks a million. Thank as you. ever, Joanna Fortune. There you are listening to the Moncrief Show on Newstalk. Talk. We're going to take a break after that. The Great Mullet Championship.